Welcome to Holy Smoke, the Spectator Religion podcast. I'm Damien Thompson. Is it a sin to be snobbish? Should you feel guilty if you knife someone from a party? And why are so many clergymen desperate social climbers? I'm here to discuss these important questions with the moral theologian, Father Alexander Lucy Smith, and with the spectators, Lara Prendergast. I don't know about you guys, but I go to a number of religious events, Christian events, they might be Catholic or Evangelical or high and dry CFE, in which everybody just happens to be well-connected or rich or both and useful. And the clergy there name-drop like dowagers, which is a little hard to reconcile with the message of the gospel, isn't it, Father? Absolutely. One of the things is, you know, you can judge a person by who they hang out with, can't you? And I think, you know, the great saints of the Catholic Church have all been people who've hung out with the lowest of the low, people like Mother Teresa of Calcutta. I remember once when I, I hate to name drop, when I met Mother Teresa of Calcutta, it was me, Mother Teresa, and two or three thousand other people in the room. And Mother Teresa said, when you get to heaven, you're in for a huge shock because you'll find that all the people you expected to be in heaven won't be there but you'll be surrounded by the street people of Calcutta. Now, there was a cardinal standing next to Mother Teresa when she said this, and the expression on his face was a picture. He was horrified. This pop man had spent his entire life social climbing, no doubt. He'd got to be a cardinal. And yet, he, in that one moment, a saint was telling him that he'd wasted his life. Well, that's a lovely message, Father. And by the way, I'll always be grateful to you for introducing me to Jill, Duchess of Hamilton, yes. our, our late friend. That's true. Um, with uh, Jill, huge relish. Yeah, Jill so. obviously was surrounded by a lot of people who were there just for her title rather than for herself. I think if you've got a title, you do attract the wrong sort of people. And that applies to Episcopal titles as well, oh, doesn't yes. it? Oh, yes, yes. I mean, if you're a Monsignor, I suppose lots of people want to have you around for drinks because you're a Monsignor. Well, one of the things this Pope has done is he's abolished the award of Monsignorships, if you want to call them. Yeah. There's different ranks of it to anybody but retired priests who um, deserve it. And think of the misery. I know that caused intense misery in London because all sorts of ambitious clerics who'd either been close to Cardinal Murphy O'Connor or Cardinal Nichols were expecting to become Monsignors, and now they now they can't, and, and it actually has made them very miserable indeed. Um, when the Pope abolished Monsignori ships for people under the age of men under the age of sixty five, I'm uh, the first thing I thought, oh my God, that's what you call pulling the ladder up. Well, you're not going to get one no, for many no, many years. No. I'm never going to get one, Damien. I'm, I, I realised that my career hit the glass stained glass ceiling a long time ago, <laughs> more or less five minutes after my ordination. But I mean, you know, pulling the ladder up is is pretty well. Yes, as you say, causes great dis- alarm and distress in um, some of the better circles in London. But, you know, if you're a priest, do you join the church because you want to be a monsignor, because you want to flounce around in a beautiful cassock with um, scarlet piping, or do you want to be a bishop, and you want to be a cardinal, and decked out in watered silk and so on? Every human being has ambition. There's, that's a sad fact, but it's true. We all have to admit we've got ambitions. But ambition is a sin. But it's also universal. And yeah. I would say that both snobbery and social climbing, and I think they're difficult to mm. distinguish, are universal. 
Lara, we were talking earlier and you said that you'd seen a lot of snobbery at weddings, which I guess isn't surprising. Actually, most of them are ostensibly religious occasions, but compiling the list of guests for a wedding is very often an exercise in social climbing or at least an exercise in exclusion because I've got this theory that anybody who throws a party is mentally compiling not one but two lists yeah, who we're inviting who we're not <laughs> who's, inviting. who's on the list and who's not yeah well I think well, I mean weddings lend themselves quite well to a bit of snobbery and social climbing don't they you get to decide who's coming and who's in and who's out and and there are different layers of in- invitees yeah I mean there? I've definitely I've heard of weddings and in fact I've been invited to weddings where people will have sort of different tiers so you'll have people who get invited to the church but not to the party and people get invited to the party but not the church and in various sort of formulations of that I suppose it's kind of what Harry and Meghan did they had mm. um they had quite a you know they had some people who were invited to the church and then weren't invited afterwards I suppose people love feeling like they're kind of in the in crowd don't they people love getting an invite to you know lord and lady snooks invite you to the wedding of their daughter i think people people that's that's a very kind of english tradition isn't it people have always liked that but i don't know i think i i mean the social climate is it a sin i yes but i think actually snobbery is quite a horrible thing within our society and it, it comes in various different forms. Look at the way we use the word exclusive as a way of, of, of praise. You know, I went to a really exclusive party or whatever, or I went to an exclusive magazine like The Spectator. And yet when we think what exclusive means, it's actually a horrible word. The opposite of exclusive is Catholic. And if you're going to be a Catholic or indeed a Christian, you want everybody to be there. Now, this is a big problem for the clergy because... It's not necessarily a recipe for a fun party. Yeah, don't no. invite and everybody, actually, I, is it? Let's but, be honest. But I, would just, I think The Spectator is quite Catholic. I think The Spectator actually um compared to some compared to some magazines is very yeah. kind of open and who who writes yeah. for it yeah absolutely last week we had a, a mistress a sort of fetishist mistress oh, yes. writing and we have all kinds of people writing for us you you have one of your greatest writers is somebody who self-identifies as a working class woman Julie Birchall. Well, she's and, brilliant. Yeah, and yeah. she's the brilliant and wonderful. I always want to read Julie Birchall. I think Birchall. that's what makes us better what it is. Yeah. I think people, you mm. know, sort of exclusive yeah. group that's just one social class is incredibly boring. Yes, I agree. But as you, Damien also is completely right about this, some people feel very uncomfortable when they're up against people of a, a different social class. But if you've got a church, if you've got a Catholic church, a Catholic parish like mine, it's got to welcome everybody. And you've got to say to people, we we can't do stuff that is designed to exclude certain other people. One of the big problems that the Catholic Church has nowadays, it's a huge advantage the Catholic Church has nowadays, but it's also a challenge, is that we have a lot of Polish people um, who are coming to our churches. But it's really important that now we do things to make sure that Polish people are fully integrated into the parish and they don't feel like they're sort of um, fellow travellers or they're excluded because otherwise they'll go away. That would be a disaster. Now, when you go into a church, and I used to do this before I was ordained, sometimes you go into a church you feel intensely uncomfortable to be there because you feel you don't fit in you you've got to take steps to make sure that that doesn't happen which okay is difficult. but here's here's another question you said quite rightly that people mm. feel uncomfortable yeah. when they're surrounded by people from what you might call a higher social class a different more, social uh, class well no well okay a different social class but they, they might feel uncomfortable because they feel that they're outclassed by other guests and so they will try and adjust they will try and pass if you like to use an old american word as somebody who is grander and posher than they actually are, and I know because I did it during the 1980s, made an absolute prat of myself, <laughs> yeah. trying to be a public schoolboy, which I was not, at various parties. And actually, it was a tremendously uncomfortable experience. But do you think that in itself, the attempt 
to adopt the manners and language of what used to be called your betters is in itself a deplorable impulse. It's a sin in the sense, sin means missing the mark in, in Greek, as everybody knows. And if somebody came to me and said, you know, I'm obsessed with passing myself off as the younger son of a Viscount or something, and I'd say, look, why are you spending all your energy doing that? Because it's just such a pointless thing to do. Well, everyone gets passed off as a younger son of a, a, a Duke of Remarcus these days because yes. life peers insist on putting their Christian names in their ridiculous. titles, which drives me absolutely yeah. mad. Lord but Peter Mandelson. If I can, if I can yeah. just, just yeah. ask you about this, Laura. Um, I said one of the things that did happen with the huge influx of life peers, Labour peers, and most deplorably Liberal Democrat peers into the House of Lords is that they became grander than the hereditaries. It was always said by staff in the House of Lords. And people who had spent their entire lives campaigning against racism and other forms of social exclusion suddenly became tremendously grand about their own titles. Mm. You must have noticed that. Definitely. I mean, is it a sin? I I mean, I don't know in terms of kind of actual religious terms. I'd say, I mean, it's complete, I think it's sort of understandable that people are, you know, if if public schoolboys are sort of ruling the roost, then people probably do think maybe I should adapt certain parts of their behaviour to sort of fit in. And I, and I don't think that's strange. I think it's kind of normal, you know, books, loads of books being written about Vanity Fair, for instance, a very good example. And lots of books that are written about people sort of adopting the graces of their supposed social elders. But I don't know. I, I don't think it's sinful. I think it's just it's just the way that things have always worked. You know, Meghan Markle. She she she's sort of a very good example of someone who's elevated herself um, into a new social class. And I don't think people think that's sinful necessarily. I think they admire her, perhaps her chutzpah to be doing that. But whether it's sinful, I don't know. Well, I think you have two things going on there. You 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 have somebody who is elevating themselves into a social class and then or has been elevated. We can argue about which of those Megan did. And then there are those people who look at somebody, like I used to be, who's a social climber, trying to sound and look posh and they actually are, and spot the little solecisms. Now, I'm afraid I do this Mm. all the time. Mm. I spot people who haven't quite mastered the dialect and choreography, if you like, of mm. the social class. And what, into which and what kind moving. of thing? I mean, what oh, examples? They, they are... use the T word. What's the T word? Toilet. They don't say lavatory. They say the T <laughs> word or loo. They use the T word. Actually, I that's, that's think, counterintuitively think, come back into fashion as a sort of radical statement by some young people. Yeah, I've had, say, I, I think it's very strange how people get toilet? so caught up on this. I think it's such a weird English trait to get so worried about whether you call it a toilet, a lavatory or a loo. It just, it's so silly. <laughs> it, it is. You're absolutely right. It's very silly. But I mean, I said to somebody the other day, you have, it was very mean of me, but I said, you haven't, you know, I knew you were from Yorkshire. And he said, how do you know I was from Yorkshire? Nonsense, nonsense. I said, well, I did because you say, my name, to, you know, I, I pointed to a couple of vowel sounds that were distinctively mm. north of England. He was really offended. But I thought, look, if you're going to pretend to be upper middle class, then you're going to have to work hard <laughs> at it. But what an, you might say, what an unattractive side of human nature, theirs and mine, that reveals. Yeah. Uh, I think you're actually paying a lot of attention, aren't you? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, you do, you if like be... me, you're an ex-social climber. Ex-social climber, I don't know. <laughs> when, but... did you, when did you stop being a social climber? I think when I gave up drinking, probably. Of course, actually, alcohol and social climbing go together very, very badly because your accent tends to slip after a few glasses. Sir, anyway. <laughs> Sir Robert Peel, the Prime Minister, spoke with a broad Staffordshire accent. Um, well, and that, back in the day, the that was when okay. The classes did yeah. speak with regional yeah. accents, yeah. and Gladstone's supposed to as well. Yes. Yes. It's also weird, isn't it? Because I remember at school, everyone used to pretend like they were from sort of, they were sort of Cockneys and mm. pretend like they were kind of from... 
you know estuary English at school yeah, yeah and it was it was really odd and, and it, everyone's always trying to pretend they're somewhere else aren't they no one wants to yes do okay okay but sorry to bang on it's a, it's a hobby horse <laughs> it's a my, hobby horse people might pretend they're cockneys or you get this weird sort of West Indian twang finding its way into the voices of children of privilege but you never hear them throwing a bit of Birmingham into the mix because that's not fashionable and I'm thinking about Meghan Markle well she's of mixed race She's American. She has this rather disturbed family background. And that's all fine because she's pretty and she's exotic. But imagine if Prince Harry had married a sales executive from Birmingham who had no intention of ironing out her accent. I think that would have gone down worse with yeah, the royal family. It would, it would be more radical. It would be yes. more radical, which I think tells us that snobbery is as alive in Britain today as it oh, yeah, ever definitely. was. I'm sure, it's no, it definitely is. just morphing, as it always does. Yeah. The, the, the motivation of snobbery is fear of difference, I think. And people will say to me, as a priest, I have, you know, I don't feel comfortable with people who are different from myself. And one of the things, when people present you with a sin, the thing you do is you present them with what's called the opposite virtue. And the opposite virtue is affability, put people at their ease, reach out to people, build bridges of communication and so on and so forth. Now, the only really posh people I know or have met were all extremely affable and they put you at your ease. And I believe people like the Queen, they, but that's they do what manners, do that. I mean, yeah, that's, manners. What, that's what manners, manners. exist to do. Manners, manners should put people at ease, whatever your background. So, you know, if you say the word toilet, someone shouldn't look at you weirdly because you've said that. You should recognise that different people have different words for things. And that is surely the very I'm definition. Going be, I'm going to be cynical again and say that I've always thought that one of the secret weapons of the upper classes are good manners. Yeah. They use good manners as a weapon. Their affability is directed towards people in a way which very, very subtly keeps them in their place. I want to show you how enormously relaxed we are about having an oik like you in our company. Mm. Yeah. And of course, one of the things that the royal family is supposed to do rather well is that they can be tremendously affable one moment and freezing cold the next. Well, Princess Margaret was, was famous for that. A virtuoso. A virtuoso at turning off the charm and this sort of, um, this you, you suddenly realise you are out of favour and it was I've, freezing I, cold. I, I, I could name, but won't, a whole list of posh journalists who do that. Yes, I think I, um, I've None met... None of them, of course, have ever written for this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I've met people too who have, who have shown... Froideur towards me for, for no particular reason that I can work out. I mean, you should have seen. I just picked up my coffee cup, extending my pinky. You should have seen the look, Lara. <laughs> I think the word pinky is really. Can, out. You, not, can you not use that word? Uh, don't Spectator use that word. That, that's horrible word. I think manners pinky. manners extend to all classes. You don't have to be posh to be you know, to have good manners. You know, lots of people have good manners. It's not just a posh thing. The other thing is, of course, here we are talking about snobbery, looking out at St. James's Park through the window and so on and so forth. The vast majority of people in this country are totally unaware of these issues. They don't give a, a hoot about any of these things. You know, I mean, it's uh, for, for an awful lot of people. I mean, an awful lot of people I know don't speak properly grammatical English. And so the question of accent is completely uh, foreign to them as well. well. But people who go out of their way to speak very correct grammatical English are often social climbers. It's actually one of the little clues. Yes, and quite often those people are Australians. Well, some of the worst oh, yes, social climbers I've ever known yes. were Australians 
or Americans who, of Hamilton. Yes, who pass as English people. And therefore, you know, there's some I can. And, and actually, the two greatest snobs I've ever met were both priests who. That were, doesn't surprise yeah, me. And they pass themselves. You're going to name names? I'm not going to name names. <laughs> They're still alive. They're still alive. Okay. And they've got lawyers. Yeah, and they might like be listening. That. No. Well, oh, no. yes. But they one was a, an American, one was an Australian, and they pass themselves off as, as perfect English gentlemen. And of course, it's so perfect, you know, it's fake. Well, here's a very crude statement, but perhaps what really matters is, is whether you're a nice person. Yes, absolutely. You can kind of tell whether somebody's it's a nice che- person it's a or not. Thing to say, they might, be a, bit, they might be a bit snobbish, <laughs> yeah. but actually, if they're basically a nice person, that's okay. Absolutely. One of the things is they say that about Her Majesty the Queen that she's very much at home with her own staff, isn't she? She likes hanging out with uh, well, think, her dresser and people I like that. I think that's always a very good way of yeah. judging someone's character yes. if you're going to be snobby, is how yeah. they deal with, you know, staff. you see someone being really rude to a waiter oh. or, or horrible to someone in a shop. Yeah. I think that is. Yeah. You yeah, often get yeah. a sense of someone's sort of personality yeah. much better through that than how they deal mm. with people they're trying yeah. to and it's a giveaway not of social class mm. but of actually well yeah. there sorry you, to use such a mundane phrase a nice person yeah. oh and incidentally you can always judge a bishop this way when you're a bishop or a, a high person in the church and you get invited to somewhere like Buckingham Palace for lunch what you you show your true colours by always saying at the end of lunch oh can I go downstairs to meet the people in the kitchen and all good pastors that's what they do they leave the posh people upstairs and they go and say hello to all the mm. staff and have but their some of them do it on in a rather sort of show offy way yes some would do it with cameras and film crew in attendance but yes. others would just do it normally by the way if I could just quickly observe that in my experience bishops are some of the rudest people I've ever met I irrespective remember, of their background I remember being in the Borgo Pio in Rome and we saw a cardinal come down the road he was wearing his scarlet skull cap and so we all fell on our knees in front of him and said hello who are you your eminence and he said I am Dario Castrillon Hoyos. And he was really, 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 really nice. And God rest his soul. God rest his soul. He was absolutely wonderful. And again, people who've met um, other cardinals have said, you know, Cardinal Burke apparently is a real bloke. He's a real affable guy. Cardinal Sarach is just incredibly warm and lovely. Cardinal Pell is very nice. We're only naming conservative cardinals, Uh, by the way. Some liberal ones are charming as well. I met Cardinal Pell the other day. Some liberal ones are horrible. Yes. I met Cardinal Pell the other day and I fell down on one knee and kissed his hand and he was just charming to me and sort of asked about various mutual friends. He'd have been embarrassed actually because he really is an Aussie bloke. Yeah, he's a bloke. He's nice. But that's always a really good test how they interact with members of the general public how they interact with their fan club the worst people for interacting with their fan club are hollywood stars god forbid you should go up and talk to one of them in public lara have you god. experienced that i haven't met any hollywood stars <laughs> i have I, I i won't mention a name but good god his rudeness was appalling well, I met Antonio Banderas the other night. And he was, was lovely. Yes. But he's a Latin. He's not, you know, he's, he's, he's a Catholic. He's a Latin. He's from Spain. He's not, well, actually, the person I met was also a Catholic. But good God, he was, he was just absolutely horrific. We're going to have to turn off the microphone so you can tell me who it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lara, yeah. Father Alexander, thank you very much. Thank As you. always, a pleasure. <laughs>